The Ringer Gambling Feed is your one-stop shop for all things betting throughout the NFL season from week one all the way through Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. We have you covered every which way. We got our favorite futures. We got props. We'll discuss the lines. And of course, we'll throw in a few parlays. That's a given. So whether you're a sharp or a square better, we'll be breaking it down in terms hopefully everybody can understand and we'll try to win some money along the way. So be sure to subscribe to the Ringer Gambling Feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Extra Point, Take Shield, everybody here. Joined by Ben Solak, Week 17. We just got finished watching the Cleveland Browns punch their ticket to the playoffs. 37-20 win over the New York Jets. One of the most improbable stories in the NFL. Joe Flacco coming out and just driving the kids to school and just throwing bombs on any defense that gets in his way. He is going to start a playoff game. He might start multiple playoff games. We'll talk about that. We'll also look ahead here to the weekend slate picks, props, predictions, all the good stuff. Benny Souls, how we doing? Uh, I the excellent content all game long. Okay, 51 first half points, three second half points. Mwah, beautiful. Five total turnovers, two pick sixes. Gorgeous. Love it. Joe Flacco falling asleep on the bench because he's a 40-year-old man who doesn't want to mm. be up this late on the Eastern Seaboard. Mm. I know she'll love me. Yeah. Relatable. She, I don't know if you saw this on the broadcast. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, first Browns coach to take the team to the playoffs more than once, twice. Since, do you know who? Uh, Belichick didn't do it, did he? No. Nope. Uh, I don't know who. Marty Schottenheimer. 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 I just said you, you, you were muttering Schottenheimer. There was you mutter. heard it. You heard Marty it. Marty okay. Schottenheimer back in the 1980s. All right. It's been a, yeah. a long time since Browns fans went to the playoffs and then did it again. Uh, a lot of interesting ways to look at this Brown season in terms of how they've found their success and kind of who, who gets the, uh, not the, I don't want to say the award for it, but the, like, that's kind of the framework here, right? I've seen Kevin Stefanski coach of the year. I've seen Jim Schwartz for assistant coach of the year, which I really like. I think that one makes a lot of sense. I've seen Joe Flacco for comeback player of the year, which eh, <laughs> he didn't really come back. It came, it, he's old. He was old. That's what he, he's coming back from. Uh, and obviously, Miles Garrett for defensive player of the year. This Browns team has, I think, surprised a lot of people, both relative to preseason expectations. If you brought up like 
hey, a, a 11 and five Browns team. People even even preseason would have been like, wow. And then with the quarterback carousel, they've endured they're an 11 and five Browns team. A lot of kudos, I think, go to a lot of spots and deservedly so for the, the totality of this Browns season. Yeah, I mean, the the defensive thing is like that's obviously at the core for them. I mean, they have either the best defense or the second best defense in the NFL. They have Miles Garrett. They've got the corners. Jim Schwartz is a tremendous defensive coordinator. Uh, so that's there. I mean, this Flacco story, I mean, you say he didn't come back from anything like I don't know. I thought when the Eagles signed this guy as a backup yeah. two years ago, I was ripping them for giving him three million dollars to be their backup with the Jets last year. He did not look like this guy. Now, all of a sudden, you see him with a very good offensive line, with a coach who can scheme things up, and he's just in this mode. Like This was not a likable quarterback. This was not a likable player for many years throughout his mm -hmm. career. After he won that Super Bowl, he had a long stretch where the last thing I ever wanted to do was watch Joe Flacco watch football. And guess what? I'm sitting there watching the game tonight, and I'm like, this guy's likability is now through the roof. With this comeback story, I mean, it really is amazing that he comes in out of nowhere and is playing this way and is chucking the ball downfield and his arm looks as strong and as live uh, as ever. And he's really playing like someone with nothing to lose. Uh, you spoke about him, you know, taking a little nap on the bench. Absolutely. I can speak to that. Listen, the, the, the dad mode uh, that gets activated is you can sit down basically in any chair and within, you know, I would say two to three minutes. I mean, he did it in seconds. Those eyes close, and I, I mean, you're out. And then someone kind of nudges you, and you say, no, I was just resting my eyes. I'm good. I wasn't sleeping. You know, you have of to course, lie about it. Uh, that, yeah. that spoke to me. His his beard, uh, the neck beard was speaking to me. Uh, this is a fun story, and I'm not putting a ceiling on this Browns team. I mean, this isn't just like a funny, cute, it isn't just like a cute little story. They're sneaking in. You and I were talking about before we came on. I mean, right now, if the playoffs started, they're going to Jacksonville in the first round. I don't know if they're, um, I'm looking at unpredictable here. I mean, they might be a favorite in that game. If not, I mean, we're talking about a spread that's within uh, a point or two. Either way, I think they're playing better than the Jaguars right now. That defense is going to give them a chance in any game. Mm -hmm. you, you assume Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore are going to get back. They're going to have an edge with their offensive line and their defensive line in pretty much any matchup. And the AFC, a lot of good, potentially, hey, could, could make some noise type teams. No, uh, no big juggernaut. So uh, if you're a Browns fan, yeah. you got to be over the moon, especially I was thinking about this, Ben, because you and I have had a lot of talk about the Deshaun Watson stuff over the last two years. And if Deshaun Watson is doing this, this is not like, you know, uh, a fun, playful, everyone who's a, a neutral observer pulling for this team. It's totally yeah. different. But now with this version of the Browns, it kind of does feel that way. Like unless you're a rival in AFC North, uh, if you're a Ravens fan or whatever uh, in the AFC North, if you're just a neutral observer watching this, it's really a hard team to to not root for right now. I couldn't agree more. Uh, it, it And like the, oh, you know, it's not Deshaun that's doing this. So it's a relief. Like that's like, it's it's a difficult framework because you don't want like, like Deshaun is still employed by the Browns. It was given a massive contract by the Browns. Whether he's playing or not, whether the Browns are, are successful or not, the Browns endorsed Deshaun Watson as a dude. Like, right. They did that. And so overall, like it, when I when I watch the Browns, am I like, woo? No. And I won't be for a long time. Like did Joe Flacco play for the next 10 years? Deshaun Watson retires and not around. It's still going to be like, oh, I remember when the Haslam family did that. So that that stays. So with that looming, with that cloud there, with that unavoidable truth that just exists and is it is in vision. 
It's kind of cool how Joe Flacco is just gripping it and ripping it. Like that is also existing. That's also happening. Uh, I saw I, I did for the the uh, the hot read this week of the column. Uh, I was talking about Flacco, I was trying to understand like all right, what's happening here. I went and I looked at his play action numbers. He got the third highest play action oh rate in the league. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he leads the league in explosive play rate. Leads the league in a dot. All right. So third most play action and on play action, nobody's pushing further down the field. He's on the Will Levis diet in terms of play, how much play action he gets yeah. and what he does. He's also like eighth in interception rate and top five in an accurate throw rate. Like he is just shooting on play action. And, and listen, David Njoku catch and run. Amari Cooper makes you right down the field. Like he, he's got the athletes for it. That's what he does well. Joe Flacco deep bomb. You might as well go for it. He isn't even farming DPI that crazily by Flacco standards. Yeah. He's he's playing. I the floor will come out eventually. Like like it, the floor came out for Jake Browning and it comes out for uh, 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 Josh Dobbs. Like always when it, when a backup comes in, like there there comes a time where a defense catches up. But Flacco can last longer because he's been in the league more. He's just seen more and he's he, he's he's better at managing risk. And so I think the floor will come out eventually. But hey, we're two weeks in the playoffs and it ain't come out yet. You really see the reps thing with him. It's like he has seen, I mean, there is no coverage. There is no sim pressure. There is no pressure look that this man has not seen throughout the course of his career. And uh, he's playing that way. Yeah, is he going to put the ball in harm's way? He is. But uh, you know what? He, he does, He's not playing scared. He's not playing conservative. He's chucking the ball downfield. Uh, and it's a lot of fun to watch. And then, yeah, last thing, Kevin Stefanski. I mean, four different starting quarterbacks this year. And you're clin- clinching a playoff berth here. And also, as we talk about often, hiring the right assistants, that is the job of the head coach. And so uh, to move on last year and to bring in Jim Schwartz, that has made a big difference uh, for the Cleveland Browns. And that's a big factor in why they're going to the playoffs. Jim so, Schwartz, man, uh, real quick, uh, yeah. uh, a, a wonderful graph put out by, uh, uh, I believe it was Tej Seth uh, of Sumer Sports. I can't recall. Um, but a graph on, on uh, defensive chaos, kind of like what teams change their scheme and what teams don't. And just on the far side, so many good defenses. Uh, 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 Mike McDonald with the Ravens changing looks. Steve Spagnuolo with the Chiefs changing looks. Big Fangio with the Dolphins changing looks. And then the far, far left side where no one changes anything, just the Cleveland Browns. I, uh, Jim Schwartz, uh, no one in the league just plays his stuff better. Yeah. And the best part is the pick six. They were in single high, which they run more than anybody in the league. Not more than anybody in the league, but more than most teams in the league. And they rotated to cover two, right? They dropped him down as a Tampa two robber and sent me through right at him. When Schwartz pitches his changeup, it's the exact right moment. I love the guy. He's unbelievable. I like they said pitches his changeup because there's nothing I remember from a Jim Schwartz press conference more than that man loved a baseball analogy. Fastballs uh, and changeups. All yep. the time. All right. Congrats to Cleveland Browns fans. Uh, it was a cool scene there. Exciting season for them. As I always say, the most fun seasons are the ones that come out of nowhere. And when Deshaun Watson went down, if you're a Browns fan, you were probably looking ahead to 2024. And now all of a sudden, your season got rescued by Joe Flacco and this amazing defense. So we'll be talking a lot more about the Browns in the weeks ahead. All right, let's look ahead to the weekend schedule. We got some good ones. It's week 17. A lot of stuff still up in the air. We don't know who's going to be the one seed. In either conference, I think going into the weekend, 24 of 32 teams were still mathematically uh, possible to make the playoffs. What is your headliner, Ben Solak? What is your big game? What is your big matchup? What's the big thing you're keeping your eye on here uh, as we look ahead to this weekend? Uh, big matchup for me. The, the, the game of the week is actually the Saturday game. Uh, Ravens-Dolphins is going to be a killer. I, okay, I love it. I can't mine. wait. I'm yeah, very so we'll excited for it. 
But I tell you, I'm so pumped for this this Lions Cowboys game, and I'll tell you why. I think the Lions can and will win this in, in Dallas. Uh, they just opened as six point dogs. They've moved to four and a half. I'm going to talk about Detroit uh, in a big se- segment a little bit later. But uh, Robert Mays at the Athletic tweeted out this week: defensive success rate since week 13. Guess who's bottom in the league? Shield last, dead last. Shield Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys just. That injuries have caught up to this. The lack of Leighton Van Der Esch and the lack of Jonathan Hankins has dramatically affected this team's ability to defend the run staunchly, right? We talked about Jim Schwartz as a lineup and play guy. Dan Quinn's a lineup and play guy, all right? He's very simple. He runs a lot of cover one, a lot of cover three. This is a single high team that wants to be gapped out in the box. They want to have plus one bodies to, to, to deal with your running game. But they are a light team. They are not a heavy team, right? They drafted Mozzie Smith and Deeds Tackle in the first round to try to become a heavier team. He has not panned out for them. Leighton Van Der Esch is their thumper at linebacker. He's not panned out for them. They had Rashawn Evans on the practice squad. They were trying to get him some snaps. Now, he had a, a, a felony possession of marijuana. He's out of the team. They have light linebackers, right? And they've gotten, they've gotten good play out of Jabril Cox. and gotten good play out, out, out of 14, the young man. I think it's Marquise Bell uh, as a rookie for them. Uh, they've moved Michael Parsons around a little bit. Oh, so Digazoo is a good defense tackle. They have good players, but they are fundamentally lacking in size in the top seven, and it is starting to catch up with them. Into town, Shiel, comes the healthy, the uproarious, the NFC North champion Detroit Lions in that offensive line. This game, it is strength against weakness on both sides of the ball, where Detroit is going to be able to layer up with tight ends. They're going to put Laporte on the field, put Brock Wright on the field. We're going to go heavy personnel, two backs, Dave Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. They're going to be able to hand this football off as much as they want against this front. They're going to be able to control pace and control tempo. That's going to put the pressure on Dak and that Cowboys offense to shred a really bad Lions passing defense. I think you'll see that happen. I think you'll see touchdown drive, touchdown drive, touchdown drive, touchdown drive, but the pace here is the difference maker. The fact that the Lions can sit on the ball, that they can control the clock, to me, puts them in a spot where third quarter, fourth quarter, they'll have the chance to capitalize on a Cowboys mistake. They'll have the chance to eat a clock away, to maintain a score advantage. And then all you need is that timely pressure. All you need is that, that timely interception. And just as Jonathan Hankins projected out for this game, so too is still Tyron Smith, left tackle for the Cowboys. And with again, injuries are catching up to this Cowboys team. Their backup left tackle, Chuma Adoga, not what you want out of a swing tackle in terms of the caliber of play that you're getting right now. And so they're, they're hoping to get Smith back, you know, Smith's kind of okay. Like it's a management thing and it's, a, it's through the course of the season, maybe into the, you know, rest him now so he's healthy for the postseason. But I tell you, Detroit matches up great into Dallas on the offensive side of the ball and defensively, I think they create enough trouble. They have enough uh, playmakers and, 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 and Aiden Hutchinson on a sack and Ifi Melafonwu on a blitz, uh, beating Chuma Doga to, to get this thing done in Dallas. If they do, Detroit's in a spot where if they win in week 18 against the Vikings and the Niners lose to the Rams, Detroit Lions will be the one seed of the NFC. And, and what a huge thing that would be. Talked about that a little bit on the Monday show. This game on Saturday, I'm thrilled for the matchup when both sides have the ball. Yeah, it's, uh, I agree with what you said there about, you know, certainly uh, both offenses should have a big edge. I mean, I'm not as convinced as you are that the Lions can make enough of those high leverage big plays to slow down the Cowboys offense, but uh, that the offensive line injuries for the Cowboys are no joke. Like you mentioned, Tyron Smith has not practiced this week and Adoga, who you mentioned as the swing tackle, he was, I think limited in practice. He's dealing with the toe injury uh, here as well. So they've got injuries on the offensive line and, and you saw that show up in a big way last week. I thought in that dolphins game, I mean, there were some high leverage spots there where they were not buttoned up 
with their protection where Dak Prescott was getting pressured and it was leading to negative plays for that offense. So I think Dak's going to have a big game here. They're at home. I don't like that Lions defense. Uh, I'm a little worried about the Cowboys offensive line, but I still think the Cowboys uh, are going to move the football. But on the other side, I'm with you. This this one's going to come up in one of my uh, contest picks a little bit later because this Lions offense should be able to move the ball, should be able to punish, should be able to be more physical than this Cowboys front here. Uh, in this game. So that's absolutely a good one. Saturday night. Like you say, yeah, that opened at six, which I was looking at Opened at six, and I was like, there's no chance. And it got to four pretty quick. Uh, now it's at yeah. four and a half. I think you're going to see it close at four. Uh, I, listen, Detroit's got issues defensively. Absolutely, they do. You called me on it because I didn't mention them when I was talking about them on Monday. But I love an offense that can beat you every way around the sun, right? And so long as Jared Goff is indoors, I feel like he can. Now, obviously, the Dallas home field advantage is a big thing here right we did have uh you know we've had golf indoors but on the road before and there's been issues with that uh, i i acknowledge the home field advantage i think that that detroit right now feels it they feel the shot okay we got the north and we are two weeks out all we need is one niners loss and we are the nfc champions i think you see a, a spirited lions team against dallas in the island game oh i'm pumped it's gonna be a fun one we'll talk we'll hit on some more aspects of that game as the show goes on all right my headliner I'm going with the other game. We got the Miami Dolphins going to Baltimore to take on the Baltimore Ravens. You're talking about the one seed in the NFC. I'm talking about the one seed in the AFC. This one is very compelling for two reasons. One is the stakes here. Right now, Ravens, 77% chance for the one seed, according to the New York Times playoff simulator. They win this game. They clinch. They clinch the one seed. They can sit their starters in week 18 if they want to, They're all because that would also mean getting the bye here. So stakes are big. For the Baltimore Ravens, but this Dolphins team, I mean, it is right there for them. If they win this game, they got a 60% chance How to be the it? one seed. The road through the AFC could go through Miami if they win this football game. And of course, have a big one against the Bills in week 18. So uh, stakes are very high for this one. And then the matchups. I mean, my God, at first I was just like, oh yeah, you know, Dolphins offense versus uh, Ravens defense. And I'm like, no, no, the other side of the ball is good as well. I mean, so you got the top three offense in the, the Dolphins against the top three defense in the Ravens. That's going to be a monster matchup. We all saw what the Ravens did to the 49ers on Monday night. Dolphins probably don't have Jalen Waddle for this game, according to ESPN, but the Ravens could be without star safety. Kyle Hamilton, his status is up in the air. So you've got that Ravens physicality, which they were, you know, talking, putting the pup in their chests out a little bit after that Niners game. They were feeling the, it. They were, they were feeling, feeling it a big way against this doll against the Dolphins' speed uh, in this game, and so that's going to be a fantastic matchup. And then the other side of the football, Lamar Jackson against a Dolphins defense, which right, I'm not going to go as far as to say playing as well as any defense in the NFL. Yes, but man, they are you could, up there. Though. You could say you it could. if you wanted to. Okay, top two yeah. success rate since Jalen Ramsey came back. I kind of put the Browns and Ravens right now on like the uh, top yeah. tier, and everyone actually, else. I did. I I saw. I was doing work. And today, and then I was like, I should ask Shield this. And this is a good opportunity to ask you, ask you it. it. Playoffs. What defense are you most scared of running into right now? Like the, the number one defense you don't want to run into. I, I it is, but it is the Browns or the Ravens. I think I would say. Ooh, I don't know. That's a tough it's one. It's a hard one. I'll, I think I'll I would say the Ravens. I'll I don't know this. though. I could the, go either the way. The reason why I ask it is because I don't think the Dolphins are top three. I think, and like, that's an interesting thing because they've been so good, but also like the Jalen Phillips injury. And I feel like 
There are gettable players on this team. Uh, it's tricky. They've been they've been very impressive. I think the top three are the Ravens, the Browns, and then still I think the Chiefs are up there. I do not want to deal. This Chiefs defense is a headache, dude. I know they're coming off of the Raiders loss. Okay, whatever. Remember, the Raiders scored 14 points on defense. Okay? Aiden O'Connell didn't complete a pass for three quarters, Shield. This is still a gnarly group the Chiefs have. That's interesting. My my gut is telling me I would uh I would rather face the Chiefs than the Dolphins defense. But I don't know. I'll give that give that. Some more thought. Uh, they're seventh in weighted DVOA, which that takes into account how well is a team playing uh, more recently. So this Dolphins defense has been playing great. I thought when Jalen Phillips went down, they were going to have some issues. It's That hasn't happened. And really what has happened is that you see more players getting more reps in that Fangio scheme, which is a big thing. Figuring out all the rules. How are we covering uh, different looks on offense? Absolutely. And they're just gelling at, uh, at really the right time. So I said on Monday, no team or Tuesday, whenever we recorded, that no team can win games the way the Ravens can. And I believe that. Offense, defense, special teams. This Dolphins team, I mean, we know they can win with offense. I just told you about their defense, top seven, top 10. And what, they kicked three 50-yard field goals, right? Last week yeah. against the Cowboys. I, so. I, I wrote it yeah. in, the, in the column. My, my Zach this week was the Dolphins can win the Super Bowl. My number one take was they can win in different ways. This yeah. defense can carry the offense. The offense can carry the defense. And critically, this running game, uh, we're, we're, we're past flash in the pan territory for this running game. Like if they need to hand the ball off 25, 30 times in a game, they can, and they create explosives, but they're also high in success rate. They will run between the tackles, even with a bad offensive line and they can chunk, they can chunk five yard gains on you, move the sticks. They can do it. Yeah. So uh, I love everything about this matchup. I love both sides of the ball. I love the stakes. I love Ravens coming off this monster win. I love dolphins have only beaten one playoff team this season. That was the Cowboys. Last week, all their mm. other wins are against teams that will not be in the playoffs. Having said that, I'm not calling them, you know, frauds. I believe in this Dolphins team quite a bit. What's your, what's like the one thing you want to see uh, in this matchup between the Ravens and Dolphins? What's most compelling to you? All right. When the Chiefs played the Dolphins in Germany, Spags was outside of his melon. He was cooking. And one of the really cool things to see in that matchup was that Spags used the Dolphins' penchant for motion at the snap against where Spag said, okay, if you're, if you're going to snap the ball with motion, like 75% of the time, then I'm going to rotate coverage right at the snap. Because guess what? I know when the snap is now. Oh, Tyreek Hill started moving. Snap is in a second. Oh, Raheem Mo started moving. Snap, they're going to snap in a second. I can time my rotations perfectly. And that really hurt Tua. That really affected his ability uh, to read out defenses. You know who else does, it does a very similar defense in terms of rotations to Spags? It's Mike McDonald with the Ravens. And so what, what, what makes the Dolphins' offense work is that they weaponize pre-stat motion like no other offense in the league. But the smart DCs and the ones who have really well-coordinated, well-orchestrated back sevens can actually use that to really hurt you because now you're telling them when you're going to snap the football. They can conceal a lot from you. The, the, the X's and O's, the chess match. I try not to get too, too geeky with it on the pod, but the chess match there, uh, uh, Spags, or not, excuse me, not Spags, McDonald versus McDaniel. The, the battle of Mike's whose names I always put in the incorrect team in the incorrect slot. That's, that's, that's the matchup to watch. No, this is a great one for the, the football nerdery of it all because both these teams are going to be playing in the playoffs. And if something big happens here, I can just envision a scenario where we're talking in the divisional round going, hey, remember what the Dolphins did to the Ravens in week 16? Or remember what the Ravens did to the Dolphins in week 16? Team X is going to try that, or Team X just did that, and we just got an upset in the playoffs. Yeah. So uh, this one is going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait for this game. All right, take a quick break. 
We'll come back. We'll get to the our Monday morning storylines. And then, of course, our content. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are back on extra point taken Monday morning storyline. What do you got? What are we talking about Monday morning after this weekend? Uh, Monday morning, we're talking about the uh, a- the race for the AFC South. You right now have a Houston Texans team with CJ Stroud returning. He is expected to play. They have upcoming the Tennessee Titans and then the Indianapolis Colts, which critically uh, the Houston Texans shield eight and seven, the Indianapolis Colts eight and seven. Guess what those Jacksonville Jaguars are? Losers of four straight in a row. Eight and seven. (laughs) Uh, So we have a three-way tie at the top. Right now, Jacksonville holds the tiebreaker over both, and Indianapolis holds the tiebreaker over Houston. Uh, Like I said, Houston has the Titans, though, and then they have the Colts uh, in in week 18. So if Houston wins here against the Titans, a win against the Colts would ensure that they both have uh, the tiebreaker against the Colts, and then they obviously have a better record against the Colts as well. Indianapolis this week, uh, they've got the Las Vegas Raiders at home. This is a Raiders team coming uh, off of a impassioned and, and, and impressive performance. A Raiders team that's been playing well. You want to look at defensive success rate over a sample. Since week eight, best defense in the league has been the Las Vegas Raiders. Now they've drawn some quarterbacks that <laughs> help out with that. The first Easton stick game sure is handy for that, that, uh, that, that stat there. But in general, there's been a, a much better defense under Antonio Pierce. Uh, that, so that Raiders team is traveling to Indianapolis. That's far from a pushover. That's par, uh, far from a light game for them. And then you have the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they're the team with, with the, the cupcake. They're the team with the light walk. They're, they're hosting the Carolina Panthers, Shield. Nothing to worry about in that game, right? Save for the fact that the Panthers are coming off their best game against the Packers. Save for the fact that Trevor Lawrence is going to try to play through his ninth injury this season. Just been you know, hampered and, and affected. He's got a separated shoulder that he's trying to play with in this game. And so you either have a affected Lawrence, a limited Lawrence, or you potentially have C.J. Beathard with what could be the division on the line. And so all three of these games, all three of these teams, excuse me, are in no loss positions. You cannot lose this game. The, the, the Texans and, and the Colts, like since they play each other, it might make it a little bit better. But the Jaguars have the Titans in Week 18. That's going to be far from a pushover as well. Uh, and so you've got here just a, a, a slot mess. You, you have a, a three-way tie at the top. You have tiebreakers that have yet to be decided. So you can't even fully riddle out, okay, if this team does this and that team does that. You have quarterback injuries, quarterback coming back from injury, quarterback going into injury. It is a mess. So this is where three really good coaches in Doug Peterson, who's been the man for a bit, Shane Steichen, who's talked about coach of the year, and D'Amico Ryan's have been talked about for coach of the year. 
Who's going to steer the ship through the storm, man? Who, who, who's going to get the team locked in for the two weeks that are necessary to earn a playoff berth? And remember, the, the wildcard round is also in, in shot for those teams that don't win the division. Uh, and so this is this, this mess. This, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. I'm so interested to see Jaguars four-game tailspin. Texans coming off of Stroud. Who, who is going to be able to get their team right for these two weeks? AFC South, most interesting division for me moving forward. Yeah, the te- we talked so much about the Texans throughout the season and how much we love CJ Stroud and then just kind of like forgotten because the you know poor guy has a concussion and you know, I'm yeah. glad that they did not force him back and he you know took him and hopefully uh, he, he's doing better now and will play in this game. But yeah, all of a sudden, if he's feeling good and he's back, it's like that throws a little whammy into the, the playoff picture because, man, that offense was cooking with CJ Stroud for most and- of the season here. Yeah, and, and they're also a good pressure team. Like, there's been a lot of who's the team you don't want to run into in the playoffs. And you've heard the Los Angeles Rams, and you've heard the Cleveland Browns, and those are both legitimate. I like. I would not want to run into the Texans with Stroud back. Like, obviously, without Tank Dell, they, they have a little bit less gas. But I've watched enough Stroud this year to be like, ah, don't want that for 60 minutes. Don't want to get into a shootout with that. That scares yeah. me a lot. He, that's a team that when they're back to health, I think they're going to remind us why they're, a, they're not a, a fun team to have to deal with uh, for 60 minutes. Yeah, how'd CJ Stroud look in a playoff game against an elite defense the last time we saw him uh, in that spot? He looked pretty good there in the college football playoff last year. So that's a good one. Jaguars, Panthers. Uh, we don't trust this Jaguars team. And I will say this. I, I know not many people are paying attention to the Panthers. Bryce, if you if you like Bryce Young like I do, I, I like Bryce Young more than yeah. you. That was absolutely the most encouraging start. And I know you're going to say Joe Barry and Packers. I agree. Bryce Young played really, really well in that game last week. That was, that was the version of Bryce. I was like, okay, the vert, that version is still there of Bryce Young. The guy I thought I was going to see in his rookie season. It's, it's kind of a big thing. If you're a Panthers fan, again, no one's paying attention. They don't have their first, their, their first round pay, but man, if he can string together two, three games here at the end of the season that look like that, that's just going to make you feel so much better about this team going into next season. I was just so happy to see that last year where I'm just like, oh man, he is spraying the ball, middle of the field, ball's coming out accurate, arm looks strong enough. Uh, Whereas earlier this season, you go, oh man, is it some of the physical limitations? So uh, I was highly encouraged by that. So yeah, that is no easy win for the Jaguars. They've been um, in a tailspin there. And then your last one, Ben, really uh, fits into mine. Oh, yeah. Monday morning storyline. My Monday morning storyline is a report that Mark Davis is sticking with Antonio Pierce for 2024. Now, to be clear, I don't know if that's the right move or not. I'm generally in the camp of don't stick with the interim coach. Don't get duped by a small sample. Take a step back. Look at the big process. Interview a bunch of people. Get the GM on the same page. And I still generally lean towards that. But I look at this Raiders team. I mean, you mentioned it. It's not just like, you know, this last stretch. They're eighth in defensive DVOA, Ben Solak. They don't have good enough players to be eighth in defensive it's, DVOA. It's something, man. Patrick Graham. They, they never have a good defense. They had good offenses under John Gruden. They could never figure out the defense. Their defense sucked year in and year out. And now they've got a top eight defense in the NFL going into the last two weeks. Congratulations to Antonio Pierce and Patrick Graham. You're in the more with less club. Uh, just don't screw it up here in the last two weeks. But man, they are doing that. Like we probably didn't talk enough about it because I was too busy ripping the Chiefs on the uh, earlier show this week. 
Yes. Raiders, the, the Raiders were legit there. That wasn't the Chiefs just like giving the game away. Like they had uh, Patrick Mahomes' head spinning. So I really like, um, this isn't one of my picks, but I do like the Raiders' chances at Indianapolis. They're three and a half point underdogs yeah. uh, in that game. I still don't trust their offense. I mean, their offense didn't do anything last week. So if you told me uh, they're going to lose that game and their offense is going to look bad, that wouldn't shock me. They still have a shot at the post. It's crazy to say. I can't believe it. If they win this game, their chances of the playoffs are up to 36% with the home matchup about that? against the How Denver Broncos that? in week 18. I mean, that is wild. I can't believe it. So I could see a scenario where they win this game and Mark Davis is like, screw it. I want everyone to be feeling good about themselves. I like this team with Antonio Pierce. I'm giving him a shot. Uh, I'm announcing right now Antonio Pierce is coming back in 2024, and then they try to figure the rest out. So that's my sort of off-the-wall Monday morning storyline. Uh, the, uh, the, the, that week 18, I, so I agree. I, Raiders defense, Patrick Graham, absolutely. Talked about that a little bit. The Colts, I'm good. I don't want to brush by it. You're, you're talking about week 18 with the Broncos reminds me. Uh, Russ is benched. We haven't had a chance to talk about this, you and I. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just assumed you were going to get that in a Monday morning headline. Shield usually loves that. Uh, lo- it's loves, already uh, over, uh, though. Yeah. What is there to say? He's already been benched. I oh. should have predicted that. La- I predicted that like eight weeks ago, I think. Uh, so I was a little little early. I did have that on a Monday morning storyline. I feel like week six or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. I, th- I think. What, what is there to say? Well, well, we'll do that later. I'll talk a little bit about what I have to say about that later. Because to me, yeah. Jared Stedham is a, is a substantial on-field upgrade for the Denver Broncos. I think that's going to be reflected in the Week six, 17 results. Okay, there you go. All right, let's get to the contest, Alex. So thank you to Steven Ruiz, Nora Princiati. They, they uh, pinch hit for me last week. Was feeling... Under the weather, couldn't go. You know, I tried to go, and then like we did a podcast on Wednesday, and Cliff, Ace producer Cliff Augustine, texts me after. He's like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Oh man, all right, I'm really not sounding good uh, here." So I'm like, "All right, let me take a breather." They filled in for me. I sent you my picks. Yep. How did I do? How did we do? Where are we with our contest as we go into the final two weeks of the regular season? You got a point. So oh, wow. Yeah. Good, good job, six yep. shield. Oh, Posted wait, my flu game. Nope. Let me run that back. You got three points because you got okay. your long shot right again. Mm, shield is now me. hitting. He has hit eight of 16 long shots. He is <laughs> 50% on the thing that you are not supposed to be 50% on. Locks of the week, by the way, shield is hitting on 35%. <laughs> it is a twisted and backwards world uh, for Shield Kapati right now on the competition. As a reminder, your long shot was Taylor Heineke over 225. He ended with 229. You sneaky rat. You just unbelievable work. Uh, altogether, though, uh, 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 Jalen Warren over that didn't hit. You and I were both on the Packers minus four and a half against the Panthers. Buddy, they oh were up God. 17 in the <laughs> second Barry. half. It's so... And I thought the Panthers were going to get the tie and get us to overtime. We'd yeah. win by six. Let's bring it home. Ridiculous. Uh, I, by, I had all the, uh, the one o'clock slate games parlayed, by the way. Hit on five, missed on the sixth. Joe Barry got me. Uh, you had the Bills against the Chargers. You had the Jaguars against the Bucks. Uh, so I guess it's right nothing there for you. I went uh, four for five. I, I got six points on the day. We're now one point apart. I'm at 48. <laughs> you are leading with 49. We are still at, as tight as it can be. And I promise it's not for content. If we're not like, usually it's like, oh, they're keeping it close. No, we're like trying to pick things mm-hmm. that haven't happened yet. We're still keeping yeah. it close. Uh, AJ Brown got over 75 and a half receiving yards. I had the Browns covering against the Texans and the Patriots against the Broncos. 
My long shot was the Bears covering seven and a half against the Cardinals, uh, which they were able to do. My only loss was our shared Packers spread. So like I said, 48 points on the season for me, 49 for you. Against the spread, uh, the Shields at 35%. I'm at 56%. Our goal was 57%. I not might happening. get over it with this two I'm weeks not, left of the season. Yeah, no. uh, I don't know if the collective will. That is your update. Thank you to Luke. Everybody can find the prediction tracker uh, when we tweet it out after the, uh, after the pod comes out on Fridays. The splits continue to be interesting. I'm 50% on props, 50% on long shots. You're under 40% for each, and then you're killing me on the locks of the week. So again, if you just combine the two, you might have a chance here. All right, what should we do for playoffs? Let, let's knock this out real quick, yeah. you know, because we got week 18 coming up. Wild card round is easy enough. I feel like we treat the wild card round just like we would the regular season, right? We can just do our prop, our long shot, right. and our three locks. Then it gets, I guess, a little bit, I guess, divisional round, we could probably do the same, right? You're going to get four games. I don't think we have to change anything up there. Do you agree? We can each pick our three yeah. locks and our, okay. Prop, uh, then, it get, then it gets a little tricky. So the championship round, what should we do? Should we, should we each have pick both games for our lock? Do we just pick one game? How do you want to handle that? The prop and the long shot, those are easy because you can do those for championship weekend and Super Bowl. So really all we have to figure out is the picks against the spread portion of this for the championship round in the Super Bowl. So I think I think you still have to pick both games. Okay. So you have to give a prop. You can do like a prop for both games and then you can do a long shot overall and that way you get back to five, five total things. Uh, I also think if we oh, get... so you want to up the total number. Okay, okay. No, because instead of having three locks and a prop, which is collectively yeah. worth four points, you'd have two locks and two props, which is collectively worth four points. You can do gotcha. that. Gotcha. So we still have a total of seven points available. Yeah. I like that. Right. Okay. But the other thing that I think we shouldn't decide yet is I think in the event that one of us establishes the lead, which I like, this is not happening <laughs> it's not at happening. any point in the season. Hasn't but if, happened it, in if it does, then we weeks. probably want to introduce a couple more long shot opportunities just to give the trailer a chance to catch up, keep the suspense for the listeners. So, but that's probably a, a cross your bridge when you get there sort of a thing. All right. All right. Well, I think we should decide it uh, by next week. So listeners. Okay. Chime in. Let us know. I like your, I think your idea is great for the uh, championship round. We keep it. So we'll have seven points available for wildcard round, divisional round, and championship round. And then, yes, we got to figure something uh, good for the Super Bowl, what we want to do. And we got to decide that before we know what the score is. So let, let's nail that down next week. All right. Can't believe all this is coming up. We have one more week of the regular season after this. This is wild. Okay. Let's fast. start up. Prop of the week, Benjamin Solak. What do you got? Uh, CJ Stroud's thrown for over 264 and a half passing yards against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I love wide receiver props, especially outside receivers against the Tennessee Titans. They've had uh, struggles at, at corner this year with Christian Fulton and Roger McCreary, their starters. Sean Murphy bunting as well. And they've also had injuries now at, at the season. So they've got a, a rotating cadre of guys and they have dramatically struggled on the outside. I don't have any receiver props up yet because... Uh, Texans receivers are dealing with injury. Nico Collins has been dealing with injury. You've had Noah Brown dealing with injury. They don't know who's going to play. What I do know is CJ Stroud is coming back uh, on a team that very desperately needs to win the next two games. And you can imagine CJ's pretty fired up, ready to go. I don't think he enjoyed his two-week concussion absence, which like usually a concussion is a one-week absence. I think that was probably frustrating. And I think the, uh, the caliber of play offered by Case Keenum was a little bit frustrating to watch. I think CJ comes out and they let the Bronco buck. I think CJ comes out and they say, we, we know where our bread is butter when he's out on the field. We're going to throw the football. 
Uh, and so I, I have wide receiver uncertainty, but I, I've seen Noah Brown go off for 100 yards in this offense, right? They can make it work. Uh, and so with, uh, with Fulton out for this game, with, with Murphy Bunting potentially out for this game, uh, I like the, the, the Texans passing game to have an uproarious time. I'm worried about game script. I'm worried about 230 yards and we don't have to pass the football anymore. 264 is certainly a high number, but I want exposure to that passing game. So that's what I'm taking for today. CJ Stroud over 264.5 passing yards. As someone who, who was doing Stroud overs, what, what did I do a month in a row, three weeks in a row? Very fun to root for. I mean, just put that Texans game on, just watch him unleash bombs downfield. Uh, and, and it is very fun. So I like that one. All right. Mine is, I'm going to Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor over 21 and a half rushing yards. I couldn't Ooh. believe this number. Tyrod. 21 and a half. I almost felt bad. Now, this is a, this is a lock that it's not going to hit because I feel so good about it. But he had 21 rushing yards in the second half last week against the Eagles. The man can still move. The man can still scramble. This Giants offense stinks. Uh, they're facing the Los Angeles Rams at home. I don't even need the designed runs. Maybe they're going to mix in some designed runs. I don't know. But just give me two to three scrambles, and I think he picks this up. I actually was looking at I was like, wait, there's no alternate Tyrod Taylor uh, rushing yard up oh, on FanDuel? Shield, uh, Shield uh, in week one was like, Ben, <laughs> where do you find these props? How do you, where's, where do they keep the receiving props? Help me out. Week 17. There's no alternate Tyrod Taylor rushing yard lines? Then I've got you. You Come are on. with me. You Come are on. one with me. We are one and the same, baby. I, I relate to you. I love it. We're living in America here. You can't give me Tyrod Taylor alternate rushing yards. What is this? So instead, I'm just taking the straight prop over 21 and a half rushing yards. All right. Long shot of the week. This has to be plus 150 or higher. What do you got? I'm back to the well on Bears alternate spread. I love this Bears Ooh. team. I, this, this, this Bears team has been treating me right. Uh, I, I, when you watch them play too, like the Browns game obviously was, was a, I got to push on that. They didn't treat me right there. But the Browns game, they were great. This Cardinals game, they were great. They've done a bad job sealing games away and i think you could say okay well ben like uh you, you should probably should take them on the alternate line then but in general i think they're playing below their weight even i think they can continue to play at, at a high level and remember the bears have no reason to lose right they're just matt Eberflus is coaching for his job and the the guys very clearly feel good about that justin fields uh the defensive effort that you're getting this is a spirited group and it's largely a healthy group which i really really love at this stage of the year so you say okay well, ben all right Bears alternate line. That's not exciting. Done that a thousand times before. Yeah, it's only plus 144 this time, minus 5.5. Uh, and so I got to get it parlayed with something. Okay, the Bills are huge favorites against the Patriots. Ah, <laughs> Patriots, Bo Belichick. The Niners, huge favorites against the Commanders. Jacoby Brissett's playing that game. What if, <sighs> what if the Patty a little better? Yeah. So I ended up going with that, that Niners money line. I took Bears minus five and a half. And the Niners money line, which parlayed together, brings us to plus 174. So I clear 150 by a lot. I think the Niners are going to handle their business against Washington. I think it's the week 18 game against the Rams that really gets interesting. Uh, and I think that the Bears are going to have a, a nice performance against the Falcons. I think the Bears right now are just, they're a high power rating team for me. They're a team that, that if, I, if I look at season long numbers, okay, they're a little bit below middle of the pack. If I look at since Justin Fields came back from injury and I look at my betting numbers, they're a fringe top 10 team for me. Like in terms of how they performed the Montez sweat trade and the return of Justin Fields. This is a very legit team. And the Falcons are playing for a 9% play, playoff hope. And to me, don't look good on the field. Don't, don't like the vibes around that team. I'm taking Bears minus five and a half. Throw the Niners money line in there. Get us home. Really impressive turnaround for the, by the Bears and 
Matt Eberflus. I mean, this team mm-hmm. was a laughing stock in what the first four or five weeks of the season. They looked like one of the worst teams in the NFL. Uh, you didn't expect anything from them this season. Last six games, to your point, four and two, and their two losses are by a combined eight points. They have been a very, very competitive team now for uh, six weeks or so. It was pretty telling last week. I mean, they blow the Cardinals out. They put up over 400 yards of offense, and it wasn't like, like no one was really like, yeah. oh, man, where'd that, you know, right. it was just like, oh, A couple yeah, explosives to Cole Komet, yeah. a couple big runs. Herbert chucked it out. They didn't even need DJ Moore. They were in first gear. Like yeah, that, the like, running game looked great. Yeah, they were running all over them. The Bears week. really, like, I, I alternate universe Bears where Field doesn't miss that month with a thumb injury, because he was starting to come around the corner, I think, before the injury. Uh, alternate universe, that Bears team is like, Wild card frisky, dude. They get the yeah. Devontae Sweat trade done. Matt Eberflus, we're not even talking about the job. I'm very interested to see if Eberflus does enough here down the stretch or on the job. That's a very, like, I'm very curious in that February storyline. We'll, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, so uh, I like that one. I think that's a good one. I like the Bears minus three in that game. All right, I'm going to your first point on the pod here and going to that Saturday night Lions-Cowboys game. Jameer Gibbs, 60-plus rushing yards. And then to your point, that didn't quite get me there. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm going to go a little e- Eagles alternate line, minus one and a half. They're 10 and a half point favorites. I just need a little bump. Eagles minus one and a half uh, combined with Jameer Gibbs, 60 plus rushing yards. That gets me to plus 150. Gibbs looked incredible last week against the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, he was he is just an explosive play waiting to happen. He moves differently than everyone else on the field. We talked about it earlier, that Cowboys run defense is an issue. I think Gibbs is going to get carries in this game. He had 15 carries last week. He's been over 60 rushing yards in four straight games. This Lion, The Lions are so efficient. Their run game, you and I always talk about like what teams can run the ball efficiently mm-hmm. that don't have a quarterback who can run. Those are like the really, really impressive teams. Lions are fourth in rushing DVOA, even though they don't need to get anything uh, out of uh, Jared Goff, obviously. In the run game. So uh, Cowboys run defense vulnerable. Love Jameer Gibbs. Love the Lions ability to run the football in that game. And then the Eagles just have to win by two at home on New Year's Eve against Johnny Gant. There you go. That's my long shot of the week. What do you yeah. think? Absolutely love Jameer Gibbs. Alt rushing overs. And, and I'll tell you, you some degenerate behavior show. You're ready. <laughs> I've pretty much every single week for the last like six weeks taken both David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs rushing overs, alternate rushing overs in the same game because one of them gets home. And so, so long as I'm in plus money, it just arbs out the other one and I, I'm, I'm still in the green. On a couple of games, both of them have gotten home. Someone in this Lions rushing attack because it's hard to figure out. Like, yeah. they, li- they, they like, okay, you know, they like Montgomery a little bit more in like their duo and their zone stuff and they'll run Gibbs and some power stuff and whatever. Like, but someone's going to rip an explosive or Montgomery's going to get like, he had like a six carry drive to start the game. Someone's going to get like a, a volume bump i can't figure out who so i just take both of them and overall it's been extremely profitable for me this rushing game it just deletes whatever's in front of them i i love getting exposure there on the pod because like i said i think it's gonna be a, a big narrative on saturdays how will the lines run the ball i just realized i got montgomery going in a fantasy championship and now i got my get my long shot here tied to gibbs let's just run the football uh, detroit get, lions uh, get, get a lot all of over them. a lot of different spots you gotta make, someone's gonna be successful here yeah. and you're gonna get benefits from it uh, congrats on the the fantasy championship. I got I got yeah. a I got a best ball tourney that I got a I got a ticket for, and I got G- okay. I have both Gibbs and Montgomery on that team. So anybody anybody can eat Gibbs Montgomery. Let's have a big Saturday night. All right, we'll take one more break. We'll come back. Nonsense prediction 
And then our locks of the week. I got to hit some of these. Fun- Come on. I'm not this bad at it. I can't be this bad at it. We'll be back in a minute. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice cold reward because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. We are back on Extra Point Taken. Nonsense prediction, weird week 17, all these games on Sunday. What do you got, Solak? What's your what's your weird prediction for this weekend? <laughs> Kenny Pickett replaces Mason Rudolph at halftime. <laughs> wow. So okay. is that possible? Is Kenny Pickett going to be active for this game? I just kind of uh, wrote him off. Let me Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Uh, speaking with Kenny Pickett uh, at Wednesday afternoon, Pickett said, it feels like I'm on track with what I need to do. Uh, it's what they see me doing and how they feel I'm moving around and everything. Uh, he was not active for the Bengals game, though in practice he like was moving around. He was and he's taken second team reps behind Rudolph. Like they have put him out there on a typical practice schedule. He's not taking first team reps. He's taking second team reps. I don't think like they they haven't they have not said like a, a the word bench for the word like you know we want to look at Rudolph for the future. Like I don't think they're framing it that way at all. Like oh we're gonna be you know very very careful with with Kenny or whatever. But I think that Pickett is healthy enough. It's, it's usually a four week. A timeline on the tightrope surgery for the high ankle sprain, and that's what he had. He's on he's on the four week timeline at this point. I think he's healthy enough to play. They've said that they they plan on starting Rudolph, and I think that they will start Rudolph, but Pickett will dress because I think they're a little bit just seeing what the other guy has. Like I I, I get that read in the room slightly. I think Mason Rudolph doesn't have very much, and I think their very thin playoff hopes are on the line. And so I would not be surprised if we get a thirteen to nothing Seattle Seahawks over the the the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. At halftime, and all of a sudden, got Hansen on red zone. Uh, sorry, I'm taking you away from that Eagles drive here. Something interesting going on in Seattle or Pittsburgh. No, yeah, in Seattle, we've got Kenny Pickett's warming up. I start the half outside. I'm, I'm trying to do my best Scott Hansen voice. I don't got a Scott Hansen voice. Uh, I think quarterback Tom Foolery is afoot in Pittsburgh, and I would like to see it just for the pure drama of it. Um, but I would not like to see Mason Rudolph throw any more snaps than I have to. And so the, my preferred personal drama is Mason Rudolph starts and is gets benched mid-game in a must-win game for both teams. Steelers, Seahawks, winners go, uh, losers going home, right? I mean, like, this, this, you got to have it. Uh, I think we might see a quarterback shift there at halftime. Well, my uh, prediction is also for that game. I wish wow, I had worse something, it goes. I wish I had something as specific, but I just have something is going to happen in the last four minutes of that game that will become the biggest story of the weekend. I mean, all the pieces are in place here. Like you said, you got Pete Carroll fighting for his playoff life. You've got Mike Tomlin fighting for his playoff life. You've got the Steelers as underdogs. You've got the Seahawks at home. You've got George Pickens. You've got uh, DK Metcalf. It could be a weird call. It could be, I was thinking, uh, a coach throwing the red challenge flag when they don't even, they don't have a challenge left. They have no timeouts. Like, oh my a god! A good one, and a then, good one. And then maybe like an assistant runs out on the field and tries to snag it and give it back to him before anybody sees it. Something like that. It could be, you know, Mike Tomlin uh, accidentally bumping in to DK. I, I don't know. 
It could be anything in this game. This is just going to be a game where everyone's going to be sitting there looking at the late window on Sunday. And all of a sudden, all your eyes, if you're watching Red Zone, it's going to go there. Something weird's going to happen in that Steelers-Seahawks game. And that's going to be uh, what everyone is talking about on Monday morning, Sunday night. Lead the highlights, lead the lead into the Sunday night football, whatever. Uh, I'll be shocked if that's just a normal end to a game. I predict chaos, Seahawks, Steelers. So there you go. All right. Locks of the week, Solak. I got it. How do you feel? We go, we go live to Shio Kapadia. Shio, how are you feeling about it? So far, going to week right. 17. All right, here, I'll give you my descriptions um, okay. of the ones I'm looking at. First one, I'm doing. I don't love it because I'm taking a dog against a team that I think is really good. Second one, I don't know if I should do it or not. I might not do it. I okay. might back out at the last second. Third one, I really like, but it feels like a rat line, and I don't want to get suckered in by the rat line. It's too easy. Why are you doing the shield? You know it's going to screw you. Fourth one, the team keeps burning me, but I can't quit them. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> With that description, the underdog that you like against a team that's very good is Bengals plus seven against the Chiefs. No. Dang it. Okay. Second one, you said you don't actually like it at all. But I might take it. But you might take it. Is that Raiders plus two and a half? No, I no, I do like it, but I shouldn't do it. I okay. shouldn't do it. If someone should take like my keys away. Like it's one of those. Like no, I don't. Shield, you can't do it. Is that uh, is that is that Raiders? No, that Dang is it. the. I did think about the Raiders, but then I'm like, do I want the Raiders coming off that Chiefs win? No. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the all first right. one. All right. Go well. Okay, no, no, keep guessing. I like this. What okay. do you have a guess? <laughs> the, the rat line. What do you think the rat line is? The, the one rat, where the, I'm the, looking at it going yeah. and saying, come on, I like this a lot, but am I just the sucker <laughs> who keeps losing these and is picking 35% of what it is against the spread because you keep falling into these traps? I mean, I'm pretty sure it's Packers plus one and a half against the Vikings. No, that was the last one. That's the no! team I can't quit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, give us your picks. I want to hear them now. Well, I don't, I don't know. All right, so I'm giving you my first one. Then I need to hear yours and I need to look at the rest of mine. So the one I'm taking where I shouldn't take this because the, the other team's great. I like the Dolphins plus three and a half at the Ravens. Uh, All right. Probably stupid taking the team that just killed the 49ers. <laughs> Maybe the team <laughs> that's the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Uh, but. I'm looking at this. Ravens coming off a big-time win. I said, I like how this Dolphins defense is playing. I think they're going to be able to keep that Ravens offense in check. And offensively, I just kind of trust it with Mike McDaniel that he's going to be able to come up with something, even though they don't probably don't have Jalen Waddell for this game. They still have Tyreek Hill. They can still be explosive uh, for this game. So I just think the Dolphins, as we mentioned, they're just tough to put away. I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think they're going to get blown out. They got blown out a couple times earlier in the season. Their defense was not playing at this level uh, back then. So I believe in them a lot more. Zay Flowers has not been practicing for the Ravens. Brandon Stevens, yeah. the cornerback, has not been practicing for the Ravens. So I think maybe a little bit of a come down for the Ravens. I think competitive game. I think Dolphins certainly have a chance to win the game. But uh, I think you know that, that half point really made me go here. If it's plus three, I don't know that I take it. But plus three and a half, uh, I like it. I like their chances to keep it close. There you go. I got the Miami Dolphins plus three and a half for my first pick how stupid am i yeah i mean i i these are the two teams like i've been banging the drum on both these teams for a while i love them both my i make it three and a half with ravens at home like it, to me it's it's the appropriate line i make it three with the ravens at home but obviously it's a lot of juice uh and they're both excellent teams 
the the they're both very polar teams, right? In terms of what the Dolphins do on offense and and how you handle that is kind of unique. And then what Lamar presents as a threat on offense, how you handle that as a defense is unique. And so it's hard to map. Okay, they played this way against these teams previously. Like I brought up like this, oh, this Spags game plan. Like I think McDonald can do that. But because they're unique teams, it, it, it is hard to read like how the how they'll handle one another. I don't want to touch the line. I, I'm so excited for the game. I, I you know, think it's going to be, oh, I think it's going to be like a little bit of an Isaiah Likely game. I think it's obviously going to be a big Tyreek game. I think Tyreek is the, the linchpin for this whole thing. But uh, I don't have a good lean on the spread. So Dolphins plus three and a half is as good as anything. Uh, right. What do you got? Yeah. What's your first one? All right. Uh, first one for me is the Texans at home minus four and a half against the Titans. I love this mm. look. Titans are, Titans are out of playoff contention. Texans are still in it. Will Levis practiced uh, uh, on Wednesday, limited performance. They're, I think, going to try to get him out there. Levis is, I think, a little bit worse for the Titans than Tannehill is in terms of quality of play. Like, I, I think playing him is the right thing because of the development aspect of it, but we're talking about power rankings just on a week, uh, a week scope. I, I, Levis is a little bit of a downgrade for me. Uh, I talked about the, that, that Titans injuries in the secondary, right, where they have no Sean Murphy bunting. Uh, they have no Christian Fulton for this game. They're going to be playing Trey Avery on the outside. CJ Stroud's coming back in for this one. It's just, I think it's a great, te- Texans are at home. I think it's just a great Texan spot. I think you're just going to see a lot of points from them. I think you're going to see them handle business against the divisional opponent and ensure that going into week 18, if they beat the Colts, they're looking strong for at least a wild card spot, if not the AFC South. And so this to me just screams Stroud, D'Amico, back on track. Here we go. Uh, I like the Texans to win and win big. All right. There you go. Uh, all right. My next one, this is the one I said, am I a sucker for taking this? I'm going to go ahead and take it. I've got the Rams minus five and a half on the road at the New York football giants. I just like this Rams team a lot. I know the, the buzz has been picking up. I don't like that. I wish they were not popular. I wish no one was talking about them. Never. The buzz has been picking up this week. They've won five of six, though. Four of those wins have been by more than a touchdown. Only loss in the last six games in overtime at the Baltimore Ravens. This team is just playing really, really well. I trust their offense. I trust the quarterback. I trust the play caller. I trust the weapons. And maybe most notable, they're getting very healthy at the right time right now. You go through all the injury reports this week, none of them really look like uh, as good as the Los Angeles Rams. So I think this Giants team stinks. They don't have a lot of options on offense. They try to muddy it up on defense and you know, hit or miss. They're going to give up some explosive plays last week against the Eagles. They get huge special teams play. They get 70 yard touchdown on offense. They get pick six on defense and they still lost by eight points in that game. Like they were outplayed so badly in that game. uh, And they get those three huge high leverage plays just to keep it close. So I was thinking, you know what, if I lose this, if the Rams win by five, if they win by a field goal, whatever, because of some of that flukiness, I can live with that more than I can live with some of the other stuff. So uh, I feel like I'm a sucker. I feel like I can't see a lot of people taking the Giants plus five and a half in this game. Maybe I'm wrong, but you know what? I looked at all the games and that's the game I liked. Rams minus five and a half at the Giants. I'm on Rams minus five and a half against the Giants. It's one of my Oh! Yeah. Uh, this is right. You say it's a sucker bet. All right, but guess what? The Rams are a lot better than the Giants are. And okay, uh, yes. did, does Tyrod give them a boost? Tyrod, I think, a better player than DeVito has been? Absolutely. Does that change like, the way this, this, this Giants defense matches up against the Rams, which is just terrible? No. Like, man coverage, Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford against the Blitz. 
been eaten. They also the ability to run the football. Uh, when they have Kyron Williams uh, behind this healthy offensive line, man, I mean, like they've just been able to dominate on game script. They can take whatever you don't give them. The Giants do not have the horses defensively to deal with the number of weapons that are available for the Rams in this game. I think that they are going to be hard pressed to keep this game on neutral script. And once this goes past script, like how I can do stuff for you, right? We saw the big bomb touchdown to Darius Slay, and like he is a professional quarterback. He is a good backup, but it's going to be now 45 minutes of gameplay behind that offensive line going up up against a Browns uh excuse me a Rams defensive line that's actually good like that like Byron Young Kobe Turner who Kobe Turner's got six and a half sacks on the season dude Aaron Donald like this uh I hope the the guy whose last name I don't know how to pronounce they got guys like th- this defensive line can play for you I, being in pass script against this this Rams team is just not good business uh, especially when you're when the Giants I don't think they're equipped to handle that with their receiver room in their offensive line so I think Tyrod is a boost I don't think it's meaningful enough that this line should be five and a half I'm with you on the soccer bet uh, we were you and I were there on Packers minus four and a half. We're just going to go down with these these over three lines of the teams that should win. We'll we'll go down with the ship. I mean, the Packers had that game. I was I switched off that game. I was saying go to another game, and then all of a sudden I had to come back to it. All right, my last one. Speaking of which, I'm looking at two here. I'm not quitting you, Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I don't care. I figured. I figured. Plus, what the other one I was looking at was Steelers. Plus three and a half. But you know what? I said weeks ago, I am not allowed to pick any Steelers game anymore. So I'm just deleting that. And I'm taking the Green Bay Packers plus one and a half at Minnesota. This Packers offense is really, really, really freaking good. Aaron Jones looked awesome last week against the Panthers. They're all the way up, Ben. The fourth in passing DVOA. First year of the post Aaron Rodgers era and your fourth in passing DVOA. That is a home run. I think they're going to be able to move the football on the Vikings who their defense has come back down to earth a little bit. Uh, the last couple of weeks here against the Lions and the Bengals. Brian Flores has still done a tremendous job. It still makes me nervous, but they are limited in terms of personnel. Now, the other side of the football is the reason why I'm going to be sitting here at 1130 on Sunday night crying because they cannot get stops against Jaron freaking Hall. And he, their, Joe Barry is costing me Packers plus one and a half. So yes, that makes me nervous. Kevin O'Connell can scheme it up a little bit. They've got Justin Jefferson. They've got good wide receivers against a Packers defense that just basically any team that plays the Packers defense, they put out their best offensive performance of the season. It's literally happened two weeks in a row. It's almost happened three weeks in a, in a row. The other team, I think three weeks ago, it was their second best offensive performance of the season. Last two, Bucks, Panthers, their best offensive performance of the season because this Packers defense stinks. So that makes me nervous, but still you're facing a rookie quarterback at least uh, in Jaron Hall. And it's like plus one and a half. If it was Packers, you know, minus three and a half, then I would be even more nervous. I know I'm going to lose this bet. Listen, I know I'm going to lose this lock. I don't care. I can't help myself. If I pick the Packers every week from now until the end of the time, uh, one of those times, it's finally going to hit. I'm sticking with them. Packers plus one and a half for my final one. Listen, it's one thing to fail to cover against Bryce Young. At least he was the first overall pick. If you can't cover against Jaron Hall, okay. As underdogs. As dogs, all right, where the Vikings starting quarterback arc has been Kirk Cousins into Jaron Hall, into Josh Dobbs, into Nick Mullins, back into Jaron Hall. You can't beat that guy. You just can't play the night. Like, you, you don't, you gotta change the defense coordinator on the site, dude. You have to leave him in Minnesota. 
You have to go find wherever Mike Zimmer's retirement home is in the greater Minneapolis era. Put him on the plane with you and take him back home, dude. Such a good idea. They oh, literally not, That's literally what they need to do. Not 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 my original idea. Justice Mosqueda, my, my buddy's a Packers fan of Acme Packers. How, is the, how did that not happen four weeks ago? Dude, what? Zim- this is the best idea I've ever heard. Zimmer? How? And we just, we just, and listen, you know, like, oh, Mike McDonald, the, the spinners and, 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 and rotating coverage, Steve Spagnuolo, rotating coverage, putting guys in line of scrimmage. You know who've been doing that for a long time? Mike Zimmer. Now he does it a little a more, brainer. a little more aggressively than the other guys, but still Zimmer, I think, yeah, a, a, a DC job for Green Bay would be, would be fun. It'd be weird to see him in those colors. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm. I was very close to taking the Packers as well. They absolutely like just beat Jaron Hall. Just beat Jaron Hall. Beat <laughs> Jaron Hall. Jordan Love against Brian, Brian Flores, though. Young quarterback against that, uh, that DC. Gonna be some, some fireworks. Gonna be some big moments. Uh, last I feel one. terrible about it. There's yeah. no chance I win that. No one take that. All right, go ahead. What's your last one? Last one for me. If you think you feel bad, let me just pinch my nose real quick and tank <laughs> the Broncos minus three and a half against the Chargers. I like it. I'm yeah. in on that pick. I, I, I was hoping we would get Stidham at some point so that I could take the Broncos. I was going to look for the Broncos that week because I think Russ has dramatically hindered the offense. I, I, just watching him on film, and then I saw him live against the Lions a couple weekends ago, and it's just astonishing. Like Once you're seeing it live, you really realize just how open these guys are that he's just refusing to throw the ball to. He doesn't play within the structure of the offense. Like If Stidham can just point and shoot, which we've seen enough of Stidham to know that he will point and shoot, you can you can move the ball down the field with their receiver talent. Now, Portland Sutton's in the protocol. He missed Wednesday and he missed Thursday. I would really, really like this if I knew Sutton was playing. I don't know if Sutton's playing. That stresses me out because Judy plus Mims plus little Jordan Humphrey, like it's not the sort of wide receiver room that you want for a young quarterback. You want Sutton, the inaccuracy eraser, the quarterback friendly. I'm going to be where you told me to be when you told me to be there guy. Like Judy's a freelancer. Judy's a wild horse. Like that's not what you want with the young quarterback. Uh, and so uh, the, the lack of Sutton almost got me off of this. We don't know what he, if, if he's going to be there or not. Um, but they're at home uh, against the Chargers team that had the interim coach bump and, and, and played a great performance against the Bills. But fundamentally, this is a team that's being run by Easton Stick and they have no receivers. Like they're, they're right now are at the bottom of my power ranking. Like what the ones we submit weekly for the ringer, they're 32. Like I, this team without Justin Herbert to me, it's can Cleo Mack get a sack? Cool. If not, we're losing. Like it, it, I, there's there are so few outs for them. On so if I'm getting a line just a hair over a field goal, even with Stidham in his first start in Denver and no Sutton, like I my 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 body is screaming at me not to do this, but I'm taking it because I was looking for it. Broncos minus three and a half at home against the Chargers. Well, it's the old classic. You take the the new coach bump in week one, and then you fade the new coach. In week two. So that could be working in your favor. Here's, here's my only question, okay, with the Broncos. And I generally agree with what you're saying. I there. love, I like, I, I'm glad you have a question because we've been podcasting long enough that I was watching your face while I was talking. I was like, Shield's got a doubt about something. I need to see it written on your face. You and I. Okay. Okay. So Sean Payton has watched Jared Russell Wilson every week this season and has watched Jared Stidham in practice. They went out, they aggressively signed Jared Stidham. It's why earlier this season, I thought he was going to replace him in week six. Why did it take this long for Sean Payton to say, like, like, because I kind of agree with you. I feel like Stidham might give them a better chance than Russell Wilson. Why does it take until week 17 with the team out of the playoffs 
for him to finally make this move. That's the only thing that has me slightly concerned that like he's watching Stidham. He knows he should know Stidham by now. He never thought to really, uh, you know, give him a serious chance. Is it just because, hey, they're paying Wilson all this money and they're winning games and just stick with it? Uh, how, how do you respond to that? Why, why did it take this long for Stidham to, to get a chance? here? I think given the way this was reported, I think a lot of it had to do with a green flag from ownership and from the front office, probably not the front office, actually, Sean's got to run in the front office, a green flag from ownership to make the clear, impactful switch that, hey, we're moving off Russ, not just for the football decision, because Peyton did frame it as a football decision, but also because we're going to make sure these injuries don't guarantee and we are going to move on from him this upcoming offseason. I think that that is, I don't think Sean had complete unilateral power to say, I'm benching Russ for, for Stedham and we're getting ready for life without Russ. I think that that still had to have ownership involved. And to me, like I would imagine that was the hindrance. They also were winning. It's hard to do when you're winning. Now, when yeah. they were winning, you and I were on this podcast being like, this is not good. All right? Like, their defense, like, we talked about it a lot, like it's unbelievable run of turnovers. And Russ was like not turning the ball over. And people were like, see, Russ is fixed. It's like he's just avoiding the worst thing. He was not bringing anything to the team. So it's hard to do it when you're losing. I think that this is the window. Like, you just lost to the Patriots. Once you do that, it's like, all right, can I please now make the quarterback change? Yeah. So I think I think it's a political thing. I think it's a money thing. I think it's a timing thing. Uh, I, I'm confident that Stidham will be better for the offense than Russell. Yeah, we shall see. All right, give me your recap. What do you got? Prop, long shot, and your three locks of the week. C.J. Stroud's going to have over 200 and a half passing yards against the Titans. The Bears will cover minus five and a half against the Falcons. The Niners, by the way, will also beat the Washington Commanders. Those two things parlayed together are my long shot. And against the spread, three bigger than a field goal, smaller than a touchdown favorites. The old Ben Solak special. Rams minus five and a half against the Giants. Uh, Texans minus four and a half against the Titans. And the Broncos, or yes, excuse me, the Broncos minus three and a half against the Chargers. All right. I've got Tyrod Taylor over 21 and a half rushing yards. Long shot, Jameer Gibbs, 60 plus rushing yards and Eagles alternate line minus one and a half. That gets you to plus 150. Locks of the week, Dolphins plus three and a half. Anytime you can take a team against the team that just had maybe the most impressive win of the season and might be Super Bowl favorites, you got to do it. So I'm doing that with the Dolphins plus three and a half. I've got also got the Rams minus five and a half at the Giants. And then I cannot quit the Green Bay Packers plus one and a half at the Minna. Soda Vikings. There you go. All right. Thank you to Benny Souls. Thank you to Cliff Augustine for producing. Thank you to Eduardo Ocampo for his video production. Additional production supervision by Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal. Next up, Nora and Steven on Dual Threat recapping the week 17 games. And then Solak and I will be back on Tuesday to talk about everything that happened and look ahead to week 18. Happy New Year's to everybody. Have a great weekend. And we will talk to you next week on Extra Point Take. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 
1-800-9 with it in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. 